Exercise improves sleep, which then reduces pain, improves mood, and increases energy and alertness. The take-home message is that all these cause and effect intermingle and build on each other in an upward spiral toward feeling better. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing the upward spiral, using neuroscience to reverse the course of depression, one small change at a time. The author of this book is Alex Korb. The book is published in 2015. I want to share a number of my favorite insights from this book, starting with the ABCs of anxiety, exercise and the brain, decision and goals, habits that serve you, gratitude and physical health, power of others, and finish it off with the conclusion. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, You can't always change where you are, but you can change where you're going. What if, instead of your life spiraling down, it spiraled up? What if you suddenly had more energy, slept better, hung out with your friends more, felt happier? Your neural circuits have just as much potential for this as they do for depression. It often takes only a few positive emotions to kickstart the process, which then begins to fuel positive changes in other areas of your life. This is the upward spiral, and its incredible efficacy has been proven time and again in hundreds of scientific studies. The question is, what's actually happening in the brain, and how does this spiral begin? It turns out that positive life changes actually cause positive neural changes in the brain's electrical activity, its chemical composition, even its ability to produce new neurons. These brain changes alter the tuning of your brain circuitry and lead to further positive life changes. For example, exercise changes the electrical activity in your brain during sleep, which then reduces anxiety, improves mood, and gives you more energy to exercise. Similarly, expressing gratitude activates serotonin production, which improves mood and allows you to overcome bad habits, giving you more to be grateful for. Any tiny change can be just the push your brain needs to start spiraling upward, end quote. Depression can feel like a downward spiral, sucking you into a swirl of sadness, weariness, and apathy. In this book, author Alex Korb deconstructs the complicated brain systems that cause depression and offers a practical and easy-to-follow approach for recovery. Korb provides a fascinating and educational look at the neuroscience behind our emotions, ideas, and behaviors. Whether you suffer from depression or simply desire a better knowledge of the brain. This book is split into two sections. The first explains why the brain becomes locked in a depressive loop, and the second section explains how specific lifestyle adjustments can alter activity in your brain circuitry, allowing depression to be reversed. Insight number one ABCs of anxiety. Quote, there are many different types of anxiety. There's social anxiety and performance anxiety, and even general anxiety which makes you anxious about everything. But they all follow the same basic pattern, and it's as easy to remember as A, B, C. A stands for alarm. You make an observation that something seems wrong. For example, my heart is racing or that tuft of grass seems to be shaking strangely. B stands for belief. You evaluate the alarm and create a belief about the observation you just made. 
I'm having a heart attack, or there's a lion in the grass. The beliefs are often subconscious. You're not even aware of them. C stands for coping. Coping is whatever you do after the belief. Do you take a deep breath and tell yourself everything will be okay? Do you freak out? Yes, freaking out is a form of coping. But while it gives you some semblance of control, it's not the most effective response. Nor is eating ice cream and watching television. Exercise is a more productive form of coping, as are calling a friend or breathing calmly. End quote. One of the ways we can minimize anxiety is to avoid catastrophizing. Anxiety is compounded by imagining the worst-case scenario. This is known as catastrophizing. When your best friend doesn't reply to your text message immediately, you assume you've done something to irritate him. Catastrophizing is nothing more than your inner critic sending you alarming messages. You're not prepared enough to speak today, or that paper you are submitting is terrible. One of my favorite strategies for dealing with the inner critic is one I learned from the great Les Brown. Sometimes, you need to stand up inside your own head and scream, shut up. I challenge you to try it. It simply works. A second strategy outlined by Corb is to stay in the now. Quote, pay attention to the things that are happening now. And don't pay attention to the things that aren't happening now. Focusing on the present helps reduce anxiety and worry. Improving your ability to stay present, a practice known as mindfulness, helps enhance these activations and leads to long-term improvements in anxiety and worrying, end quote. Insight number two, exercise and the brain. Quote, I'm sure you've heard a million times how good exercise is for you. Well, now it's time to make it a million and one. Exercise is good for you, and not just for your heart and your waistline, but also for your brain, specifically for the circuits that keep you depressed. Almost everything that depression causes can be combated by exercise. For example, physically, depression makes you lethargic and tired, but exercise gives you more energy and vitality. Depression often messes up your sleep patterns, but exercise improves your sleep, makes it more restorative for your brain. Depression wreaks havoc on your appetite, so you either eat too little or chow down on junk food. In fact, people who eat lots of processed foods are at higher risk of depression. Exercise improves your appetite, leading to more enjoyable eating and better health. Mentally, depression can make it hard to concentrate, but exercise makes you mentally sharper and better at planning and decision-making. Depression makes you, well, depressed. But exercise improves your mood. It also reduces anxiety, decreases stress, and boosts self-esteem. How about socially? Depression usually keeps you isolated and alone, but exercise tends to bring you out into the world. Furthermore, all of these effects make it more likely that you'll engage in other activities and thought processes that also reverse the course of depression. For example, exercise improves sleep, which then reduces pain, improves mood, and increases energy and alertness. The reduction in pain makes you more likely to exercise and increases your enjoyment of exercise. Having more energy also makes it more likely that you'll exercise. The take-home message is that all these cause and effect intermingle, and build on each other in an upward spiral toward feeling better, end quote. We are constantly told how beneficial exercise is to our bodies, and with good reason. Working out, however, is not only good for our waistline, but it's also good for our emotional health. 
Exercise, in fact, combats depression on three levels, physically, mentally, and socially. Unfortunately, when people are depressed, they are less likely to exercise because they have a negative perspective on almost everything. They assume that exercise won't benefit them at all. Depression often results in sleep disruption, leaving you drowsy and physically exhausted. Exercising is there to help you sleep better and give you more energy. Exercise improves mental acuity while reducing anxiety and stress, both of which are contributing to your depression. Finally, the benefit of exercise is it oftentimes gets you out in the world on a social level. If you rarely feel like exercising, which is highly likely if you're suffering from depression, then as we have discussed many times before, the key is to start small. Create one tiny habit for the win. Insight number three, decisions plus goals. Quote, Confucius said that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And this is certainly true with the brain. You start by making a decision in your head, but the decision-making process isn't complete until you take a step in that direction. Conversely, a trip to the supermarket or finishing that report for work might feel like a thousand-mile journey, but all you have to do is take one tiny step in the direction of that goal. A decision without action is just a thought, and while thoughts can be helpful, they won't have a powerful impact on your brain. A decision with action is something else entirely. It's a robust way to start an upward spiral. End quote. I love that. One of the most essential outcomes of decision-making is that it aids in reshaping your brain's perspective and directing your attention to what matters most. The moment you decide on a goal, it changes the way your brain sees the world. Focusing your brain's resources by establishing a target makes it easier for your brain to find it. It's important to recognize that making decisions when you're overwhelmed, anxious, or depressed is extremely challenging. So simplify the process by setting small targets and deciding to move toward those goals. Quote, figure out what's important to you. To help reduce irrelevant details in your life, focus on what's really important to you. Studies have found that focusing on your values reduces the brain's response to stress. So think about the times in your life when you were happiest. What were you doing then? And what factors contributed to your happiness? What activities make you feel more fulfilled? What achievements are you most proud of? What good qualities would you want coworkers or friends to use in describing you? End quote. When you think about a long-term goal that you care about, your nerve cells release dopamine, which helps you feel good not only when you reach it, but also when you get closer to it. However, in order for this to succeed, your objectives must be very specific. Only when your goals are precise can your brain recognize that you're on the right track. Insight number four, habits that serve you. Quote, often when we try to start a good habit and then slip up, we describe it as a failure of willpower. But sticking to a good habit is not simply a matter of willpower. You have willpower only insofar as your prefrontal cortex is paying attention and has enough serotonin to work properly. Yes, deciding that you want to do things differently is an important first step. But your striatum doesn't care much about what you want. It cares about repetition. You won't succeed 100% of the time, or maybe even most of the time. But getting upset with yourself does not help the process of retraining the brain. It hinders it. Those feelings of frustration and self-judgment are all sources of stress, making it more likely that you'll keep doing your old habits. The key to change comes in the moment after you realize you didn't enact your intended habit. That special moment is an opportunity for the prefrontal cortex to reassert itself. 
to remind yourself of your goal and try again. Yes, you'll probably have many slip-ups, but if you give up after a slip-up, you've only trained your striatum to give up. You'll probably hear a little voice inside your head telling you to give up, but the more you listen to that voice, the more it becomes habit and the harder it is to resist. Every time you stick to your goals, the voice gets softer. End quote. That is so good. Building positive habits requires patience and persistence. You have to keep practicing your habits just like a pro athlete practices their craft. If you're serious about forming a new positive habit, keep in mind that it'll take time, it'll take effort, and that you will make mistakes. I've discovered in my experience that you must learn to control that tiny voice inside your head that tells you that you just may skip this habit today and that you should resume it tomorrow because today you deserve a break. Insight number five, gratitude and physical health. Quote, one swift study of nearly a thousand people used questionnaires to determine the connection between people's levels of gratitude and their health. The study found that people who expressed more gratitude had better physical and psychological health, and they were more likely to engage in healthy activities. Grateful people also showed more willingness to do something about poor health. The drive to change your current circumstances is most likely mediated by serotonin. Because without adequate serotonin function, people tend to become resigned to their fates. End quote. Your parents most likely taught you to constantly thank people when you were a child. Why not take it a step further as an adult and say thank you for every day to express your thankfulness for life? As you know, depression makes everything appear negative, whereas gratitude represents the opposite of that negativity. Gratitude is a state of mind that is independent of your life circumstances. So whether you're wealthy or impoverished, you can always find something to be grateful for. Here is what Robert A. Emmons says about the power of gratitude in his great book, Gratitude Works. He says, quote, Gratitude has one of the strongest links to mental health and satisfaction with life of any personality trait, more so than even optimism, hope, or compassion. Grateful people experience higher levels of positive emotions such as joy, enthusiasm, love, happiness, and optimism, and gratitude as a discipline protects us from the destructive impulses of envy, resentment, greed, and bitterness. People who experience gratitude can cope more effectively with everyday stress, show increased resilience in the face of trauma-induced stress, recover more quickly from illness, and enjoy more robust physical health. Many of these effects are quantifiable. Consider these eye-popping statistics. People are 25% happier if they keep a gratitude journal, sleep one half hour more per evening, and exercise 33% more each week compared to persons who are not keeping these journals, end quote. Wow, you want to be 25% happier, sleep better, and exercise more? Keep a gratitude journal. Gratitude is a positive life force that unfortunately isn't utilized enough in today's world. Insight number six, the power of others. Quote, nobody wants to stick his or her hand in a bucket of ice water and leave it there until the pain is overwhelming. But that's exactly what participants in one study were asked to do. Some participants had to sit by themselves while others were allowed to sit with a stranger or even a friend. The participants sitting by themselves experienced much greater levels of pain, while having a friend say supportive things greatly reduced that pain. In fact, even having a total stranger voice support or just passively sit with the participant caused the same benefits. 
The same effect is seen in patients with chronic pain. In one study, patients who had their significant other present experienced greatly reduced sensations of pain. Surprisingly, sometimes even just thinking about a loved one is enough to reduce the pain. Even more surprisingly, the same is true for talking to a stranger. Pain is an internal sensation and is heightened when you focus on it. Because talking with other people activates prefrontal social circuitry, it can help shift the brain's focus away from the pain. End quote. If you presently feel that you are in a downward spiral, Corp shares fascinating studies that illustrate the power of other people to help you spiral upwards. Although depressed people are more inclined to want to be alone, spending time with friends and family may help you feel better. The support of friends and family can even help depressive drugs work better. People who have more social support before starting on a medication are more likely to face less symptoms. Insight number seven, conclusion. Quote, the circuits in your brain are an interconnected web, like the environment. But it can be a fragile ecosystem sometimes. That's the problem with depression. It can set you spiraling downward, and everything becomes worse. However, with just a couple tiny life changes, you can reverse the trend, and as your brain starts to spiral upward, the ecosystem becomes more and more resilient which helps prevent future bouts of depression, end quote. It's important to remember that the next time you're feeling depressed, it's because your brain is caught up in a certain pattern of activity. Do something, anything to break the cycle. If you can't think of a good reason to get out of bed in the morning, call off to search and get up. Make the first thing you do after getting out of bed meaningful. Take a walk outside or read an inspiring book. You can do a lot to improve your mental health on your own, but if you can't seem to get yourself out of a funk, you should seek professional help. There's no reason why people should be ashamed of seeking support for their mental health. After all, you'd employ an architect if you wanted to build a new home. In a similar fashion, there are times when depression necessitates expert assistance. That is my quick look at The Upward Spiral by Alex Korb. I thoroughly enjoyed the book, and I believe it can help anyone who struggles with depression. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lambert. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of Philosopher Insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs plus 20-minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.